Hello and welcome to another episode of the Social Review Podcast. I'm your host, Jasper, at Jasper underscore CH on Twitter. And joining me this week, we have got... Uh, hi, I'm uh, Lines at that interlace on Twitter. Uh, Pete, which is at Peter Whitehead 5 on Twitter. And William, uh, William Anair on Twitter. In the previous episode of the podcast, we reacted to Keir Starmer's uh, election to the leadership of the Labour Party. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go check that out now. We talked about his campaign and that of Lisa Nandy's and Rebecca Long-Bailey's, what went right, what went wrong, why didn't they win. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about the future and trying to envision what life could look like under Keir Starmer's leadership internally within the Labour Party, but also externally within the space of time of British politics, as it were. William, I want to start with you, because I feel you'll probably have some kind of nuclear take on this. <laughs> um, um, what will the Keir Starmer leadership of the Labour Party look like um, going forward, do you think? Okay, so, I mean, from myself, this is probably going to sound like a nuclear take, but it's probably going to look like the golden days of Corbynism. To be completely honest with you, that's what it will look like. I don't think we're going to see much of a stray from the sort of policy base that we occupied in the 2017 uh, to 2019 parliaments. I don't think we're going to see a particularly different uh, political style externally, which um, for a lot of people, that's great, fantastic. I'm not much a fan, but hey-ho. When you say political style, what do you mean? Um, A sort of... I think that the political style of the Labour Party in 2017 through 2019, specifically regarding the European Union, was managerial. And not in a sort of buzzword sense, hashtag managerial, but as in Keir Starmer in his role as Brexit Secretary was fantastic at finding the gaps and finding the things that would you know wedge issue the Tories. Because mm-hmm. functionally, that's what the customs union was. No one actually wanted it, but by God, that was a good thing to hit the Tories with, saying, hey, why don't you want this? And making them have that discussion and really uh, breaking them apart. Clinical, very loyally, um, you know, fantastic. But I don't think that he... I don't th- a, I don't think he had a vision for Brexit outside of that, which is why I think that that went the way it did. And I was critical of him at the time, critical of him now for this, I have a feeling that's the same sort of thing we're going to be looking at now, where he's very able to sort of tear apart the Tories, but that's actually not enough. Additionally, don't know how well that's going to work with this form of the Conservatives. They seem very happy to change for very little impetus. Um, And I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see more of that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Internally, I think the Labour Party is going to be much better. Much, much, much better. I think the, the elephant in the room or the tiny ball of protein and RNA in the room is the ongoing virus situation. That See it... what she did there. That yeah. was good. Thank you. Um, I don't want to say, oh, that means we can't predict anything. But obviously, I think it means, I think we have to acknowledge we'd just be having a completely different conversation if a pangolin hadn't fucked a bat or whatever it was uh, back in November. I think that relates to kind of what Will said, right? It has changed what the Tories are willing to consider. It changed what the political landscape is like. I think, in many ways, it makes it less likely that uh, Labour will try to essentially... I think if you imagine a world in which we weren't currently living through the coronavirus crisis, I think the pressure in Labour to kind of move more to a Miliband era politics might be greater. I'm not saying it would happen. Um, 
but I think it is pretty easy to make the argument right now that although there are many things bad about the party under Jeremy Corbyn, and indeed Corbynism, quote-unquote, if you like, many of the politics and policies that were put forward were, like, you know, there's this political issue at the moment where obviously you, you, you don't want to turn the government's response to coronavirus too much into party politics, but it is manifestly true that we could have been more putting there's sort of two questions right there's what should we have done and what could we be doing and then what should we have done well absolutely that is a question about investment in public services it's about investment in a whole society it's all the things that like the arguments that we were we were making in some sense so in that sense i feel like the argument is there for those things and i suspect Keir will want to continue it i am a little concerned uh, that the trans exclusionary or at least trans skeptical currents in Labour will be given a voice. I think there's already some evidence of that. Given uh, I literally saw just before we were recording this, but that Joe Stevens, who I think is tipped to be, might not be by the time you read, by the time you hear this, but certainly tipped to be and is influential in some of the people close to the Starmer leadership. Uh, that she made some, uh, she wrote some a letter back to someone asking about the trans Labour trans rights campaign, basically repudiating it and not being particularly keen on it and very much going, oh, we'll listen to what the government said and their bill, et cetera, et cetera. It, it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence, neither did Keir's stance on this in the campaign, that he's going to be good at speaking up for those things. I, I, I do worry that although economically that's, we will keep a lot of things, this tendency to to borrow some of the phrases of the right you know repudiate the woke left will happen uh, and i think that would be a mistake i i, I worry that uh labor in the 2020s will just be banned on liberation stuff i mean it is right and good that Keir is going to be ripping up from the roots uh the anti-semites in the party uh but i do think labor has other problems that we should face and come to terms with you know it, it's things like i feel bad that the person who was running the labor uh, gypsy romany travelers campaign has now felt they they left they're leaving the party I, I i don't want the labor party to be um a place that um any group feels unwelcome on this on the sort of like turfism element of that do you i've I've seen one sort of criticism of the coming, you know, the rumoured names, that they're all based out of law backgrounds. And when I hear that, I'm thinking, actually, there is an element of that sort of legalistic approach to gender that I've seen that does sort of lend itself towards sort of turfy politics, you know, uh, the, the sort of uh, Joanna I, Cherry sort of thing. Yeah, I, Do you I, think there's something in that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's funny because so much of what the trans debate has been in recent years has been kind of legalistic. Um, and, and it's really hard to pin down, and indeed the law, current law does not try and pin down a concept like gender in law. Most don't really think that it should, or at least not in any particular way. Clearly, people will be able to get gender recognition certificates in a sensible way is good, but, you know, the, the difficulty with pinning down a definition of gender in law and tying that to our, like, self-ID efforts is that actually these things kind of shift and change, or, or, or we might define something as exclusionary and i think you're right in the sense that um looking at it purely from a legal point of view can give you quite fixed perspectives on it 
and I suppose, I don't know if that, that, that might well lend you towards thinking in that sort of point of view, because if you're thinking about things legally, I, I think it's perhaps it's slightly more difficult to just to think about things from a empathising with people and working out what they need point of view. I think in some sense some of this is Starmer is very much what I might call a small L liberal, right? Not not a liberal democrat, which is kind of related to where human rights come from, which you know I'm a fan of that, which is like small L liberal, right? But I think sometimes that view on things like gender, for instance, can be slightly can be limited. Uh, or is limited and, and I see sort of I, I realize this is a bit vague but obviously at the moment we're kind of trying to describe a moving target and things might become more clear but I just have some kind of fears in that regard because certainly if you look at what's been happening recently in Scotland and in the UK and whatever pushing that against for instance trans rights but other stuff too I, I think you need a little bit more strength than just kind of Umming and ahhing about it. Incidentally, by the way, I'm not sure. It, it is just not true that um, Corbynism or Jeremy Corbyn's leadership or Jeremy Corbyn's shadow cabinet was always good on this stuff. I think it could be easy to forget that, but it's definitely true, right? Um, I, I just think we are moving from one iteration of a mixed bag to another. I I kind of have like three things on it, which is like something that I think will stay the same something that i sort of don't really know um and something that i think will change so I, what i think will stay the same is that you can cycle back to miliband and basically go the delineating thing between miliband and new labor is that they miliband has some recognition that the state needs to have a bigger role in the economy this is i think advanced under corbynism I don't think it's going to go away. I think, you know, um, people who are upset that their preferred candidate didn't win, and rightfully so, you know, if, if you... If you I, you know, I I didn't support Kia, um, I supported Nandy, and people who supported Long Bailey are, you know, are upset and all the rest of it, and that that's totally... That's, that's a very legitimate way to feel, but I, th- I, I think anyone that's sort of trying to do takes on Twitter that are like, oh, Starmer's just going to be, like, reheated Blairism economically... I just don't see it. I think I, th- I think any idea that we're going to move to um, we're going to move to a- a- anything that isn't. I think either we're going to move to anything where which the state does not have a more prominent role to play in the economy. I think is bunk, particularly given what's going on. He says, sort of gesturing at fucking everything. The bit the bit I don't know, and I think the bit. And so obviously, I just play worth saying for sort of posterity that we're recording this before any shadow cabinet announcements have been made which is i don't think anyone really knows what starmerism looks like i'm I'm painting with very very broad brush strokes here but you can basically look at long bailey and go the kind of you know and you know i don't don't doubt i'm gonna fuck this up and i'm gonna have like long bailey fans popping off but like i think you can basically (laughs) look at long bailey and (laughs) and go like the sort of key planks of hair appeal where the big policy ideas that came out of Corbynism or John McDonald's office, whatever you want to call it, basically stuff like the Green New Deal, you know, that 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 kind of stuff, I think, was effectively the key plank of Long Bailey's campaign. And I think that's a sort of vision for how the party could, could move forward. 
I think you can look at Nandy and go, okay, so, you know, no matter what people think of Lisa Nandy as a politician, I think one, you know, if, if you were trying to sum up the sort of appeal she was trying to drum up, it was this idea of progressive communitarianism, this idea of taking power away from sort of centralized Western sources, increased devolution, increased power in communities, etc., etc., etc. Real power to yes. Power you know basically give the towns a sword right like and that's fine and like you know and i and i quite like that idea like i, I was i was genuinely on board with the idea of progressive communitarianism it's why i back nandy but i think i i think i think those two you can you can look at those two campaigns and go yeah okay those are the kind of the key messages coming out of them i don't think you can do the same thing with kia starmer i like and i think i think part of that is the fact that i i, I don't think his support and you know, obviously, we we'll, we we yet we yet to see the breakdowns of his support, but I don't think it was particularly online. I think all those posts, which are like everyone on Labour Twitter, like sobbing while like Keir Starmer supporters, you know, the, the Biden thing, it's like, listen here, Jack, oh, yeah. how, do, how I do, I do I open PDF? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> while yeah. I like licking the ice cream, like that is like I think I think we have been like you know the online left has been roundly trounced by like the PDF openers, <laughs> like. <laughs> Just, just a, just a point here to say. Um, on the previous bit of the podcast, we talked about this a little bit, and um, Morgan was giving her anecdotes of seeing Elisa Nandy phone back and realizing that she knew, she recognized everyone in the room from her Twitter, online Twitter. dealings. So, I, yes, essentially. Yeah. So, I think there, I think there is something in that. So, yeah. So, we we didn't, yeah, we, we don't know what Star Wars will look like. And I also think the other thing that is about to change, and you know, I, I think I, you know, I definitely want to read a sort of criminology on this. So. Anyone wants to write it, you know, do pitch. But like, Corbyn has been in charge of Labour for half a decade. The culture of Labour has changed, and the the current sort of like media crop of outriders have changed as well compared to what they were under um, sort of Blair or Brown. And I think what will be genuinely interesting, and this is less to do with Starmer as leader, more to do with the sort of party and left culture in the UK more generally, is what it, you know, what it does to left organisations and left commentators that aren't necessarily working for the party. So, for instance, if your momentum... I think I think there are effectively two ways to do it. You go, A, okay, cool, Starmer's won, time to fucking double down, like... If you liked Richard Bergen, you're going to love us, which I don't think they'll do. Or option B, which is, okay, we are a external to the party. We are a group that is external to the party. We are of the left, but if we're going to influence Starmer, we're going to need to work with other groups. We no longer have, you know, Momentum have just had a lot of their influence in the party effectively wiped out by the fact their candidate lost. And I think... The, the sort of sensible strategic thing for them to do is to work with groups like Open Labour to sort of, you know, put out fig leafs to other organisations that are broadly of the party's left to try and, I mean, um, people are kicking off on Twitter over the phrase hold to account, but certainly try and keep the party on a leftward trajectory and try and shape policy from sort uh, of on the, from the, the left. No. Say again? They're not affiliated with the party. Because, I mean, in their tweets, they were, and I appreciate, as you say, it's just a press statement, they were saying, we want to build the power of Labour members and do everything we can to get a Labour government elected. Now, that's not... Okay, so that's, that is that is very much identifying themselves still as a Labour Party organisation rather than a left organisation with a relationship with the Labour Party, which is an ironclad, if you see what I mean. 
Yes. No. And I... and, and, and that, but I, it also doesn't sound like they're going to go full burgeonism. And I, it would surprise me if they did, because I'm sure William Allison, that that feels more like a campaign for Labour Party democracy. But that's what I expect. That that basically the left wing organisations which have been here since the 1980s in the Labour Party, I think will kind of go down that route. I mean, I've wanted the left to split since 2018. I've seen that momentum CLG slate. I've watched um, the sort of young left and the old left buttheads over, you know, the anti-Semitism problem in Labour. I've wanted that split to come for a while. And the sort of, the, the internal power of the left was what was congealing us. Like, someone, you know, the more critical parts of the left were saying, look, we can't really come to blows because we have to support Corbyn in... Uh, the leadership office now he's not there we can actually have that discussion we can actually fall we can fall uh, fall apart that can happen now and i would like to see i mean this is going to make me sound like you know i'm going to make tony blair look like corbyn that was a really lazy analogy but hey um i would love to see starmer come up and say yeah the uh, clpd yeah you're gone you're no longer an organization you have to disaffiliate like i would love to see that the left has an opportunity now. I can't overstate how opportune this is because you've got John Landsman, um, head of the RLB campaign, obviously a massive amount of political intrigue there that can unify one part of the party. You've got Laura Parker, who just backed the winner. Two huge figures in Momentum. Momentum can be made to be a really, really strong outfit amongst Labour, but it has to let go of those old fights. It won't. I think this. I think it will fall apart, and it is tragic to see because I really, really hate the CLJ, and I want it to fall apart. But I think momentum will fall apart first. I think you might well be right, which is kind of depressing. I do think it is very depressing. So I think it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what Open Labour do, um, and they're not. I, they're very much not who we're centrally talking about here. But I kind of think what they do and how they just. I mean, if they just do kind of do nothing, or just sort of smuff around, just kind of being a big ball of happiness but not really taking taking a strong thing. Then All I think, twelve of them. <laughs> there are dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they do but, be demanding to be taken seriously. They really <laughs> exactly. Do. Oh god but, no. But, <laughs> but I mean I think that I image think... is Alex Sobel out front. As well are it. Yeah, I mean okay, sure, fine. I think there is an alliance to be made among, like that sort of spectrum of the non-crank left sort of thing, but who are still want to work within Labour. I really hope that, that can be formed, and in some sense, I could see, um, I you know you could see. I think that there is. I'm a real believer in alliances without merging. Sometimes people mm. have different views and disagree, and that's healthy. I think pluralism... I mean, it, why am I keen on open later? Because I think pluralism is good. But what that oddly means about it is that we're kind of... A, it's, it's inherently... I mean, it's not very large, but also it's an inherently self-limiting force. Open labor, by definition, doesn't want to be hegemonic within the party. But what it wants is for openness to be hegemonic within the party, even if its particular politics aren't. Uh, it wants that kind of pluralistic outlook at least certainly that's what I want constructive contradiction right yeah. or something like that I don't know uh, sorry is that, is, that, is, that, is that right have you just fucking okay what okay, but, okay what, is, what is a bit of less Maoism please Will uh, <laughs> 
I think if today's result can really tell us anything, it's that Maoism is well and truly dead within the Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Wrestle, wrestle on this back very quickly. Because the, 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 the kind of thing I was going to move on to, and it'd be interesting to hear what Will and yourself lines have to say on this, because it's it's something that I I, I, I say I, I don't really know. What about it's me? The, <laughs> Well, it's more of a question for the left than you're a landlord, Jasper. So oh, you, uh... yeah, yeah. Maoism lives. <laughs> yeah, Landlordism lives. I'm actually, I'm actually a billionaire, and I'm 60 years old. Yes, you're the Tom Nook of um, of the who? Social Review podcast. <laughs> Jasper, did you just say who? Who? Yeah, I did. Oh, Jasper, absolutely fuck off! Like you fucking been <laughs> on Twitter, like like. Okay. You've played Animal Crossing, Jasper. Like we're all very soft here. No, like no, stop no, pretending you're too cool for Animal Crossing. You're I fucking don't, not. I, de- I genuinely don't play Animal Crossing. I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, you might not have one now, but you've definitely played it. No, I haven't. <laughs> well, I've never played Animal Crossing. Honestly, Jasper, this is this is this is your loss, mate. Honestly, this it is bangs. The, this is the diversion we needed. Anyway, the, 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 what the point? The point is, say? I th- I th- yeah, I, I I think something that's also going to be sort of quite interesting is. Um, I, I, I sort of alluded to this before, and I was like, you know, some RLB voters are very upset because I, I think, I think what's quite interesting is is that after kind of like a very disgruntled PLP for you know, however you know for the, the entirety of the fucking Corbyn project and you know Miliband as well, right? People forget how fucking like how unruly the PLP were under Miliband, and I think Starmer for the you know for the first time in about ten years, Labour has a leader that I think. W- hopefully should be able to control the plp if for no other reason than like after five years of corbyn he can just be like oh you want to fuck around with me fuck around and find out like literally fuck around and find out like i am your like you know i am the closest thing you guys like have got to like any fucking respect so i think i i think that is kind of something in terms of party unity and but i think as a result a lot of his critiques are going to come or at least initially a lot of the critiques of starmo i think will come from the left yeah i mean i think and i said, think, I think sorry, something left. kind of important here which is that actually I, I i i'm more cynical than you about Keir Starmer's ability to pull the plp together because the plp are essentially a bunch of rabid cats that, are, that we put in a sack called parliament uh, or, or i guess a sack a zoom sack now but you know it's the same problem um but specifically the cats from cats 2019 uh, no <laughs> no but can which, we which, which, fucking mic which labor mp is skimble shanks no we are not doing cats discourse i swear to fucking god <laughs> no, not anyway, happening. So my point was that um I, and I hadn't really appreciated this until looking at this result coming through that the weakness of ed Miliband's quite a narrow win and i don't think the weakness that jeremy had to some degree was that although he that, that, like keir won keir is both the plp's choice and he's clearly the party membership's choice and yeah. he's clearly the affluent choice and he is for one the choice of the random people who pay 25 pounds to vote in the labor le- leadership election because they had nothing better to do mm-hmm. um unlike the ed Miliband is sort of only got in with the union support thing which I think was I was always a bit it's, I think I felt was always a bit of a cynical criticism, but did sort of shape that early you know that early narrative about him. And yeah, but I'm just going to jump in here to say union union support is good. If like... <laughs> exactly, but like I was I was for that, but, but I think those criticisms are bollocks. But they definitely existed, right? Oh, um, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, union support is good, but I think that that 
but a bit more of a critique that, leveled that, against that, him. There was that, that horrible narrative at the time. It was bullshit. And indeed, That's me being and, dim. And, Sorry. And indeed, um, Jeremy had the overwhelming support of the membership at the time, but clearly did not have the support of the PLP or yep. many of the party's institutions. And that characterised his early things. Well, actually, Keir is coming in with control of some of the party's institutions. I mean, certainly the NEC is looking a lot more shaky for sort of the Corbynite wing yeah. than it was before because of the NEC wins. You know, actually, it's it's, not, it's the first Labour leadership, and and indeed Brown didn't have this either because, of course, the Labour Party was still full of people who were keen on Tony Blair. So I think potentially Keir Starmer is the first leader, essentially since Tony Blair. My God, God. since who, Ponty, who who like legitimately might be able to say broadly a good chunk of the party in its different forms is kind of behind me maybe a bit yep. it's really depressing yeah. that that's true but I hadn't really <laughs> but yes yeah, so, no, so I think it's, it's true yeah uh, I think I think that's true and a, a good thing no yeah, I, well, it, it is I mean clearly clearly the reverse would be very bad yes it's clearly good I just I can't quite believe it yeah <laughs> can't believe I, it I, in 20 years and Stem fucking slammed into Labour Party unity <laughs> still freaks my nut out to this day <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I, I think I think that is going to make a, a, a manifest difference to how internal Labour politics is is discussed and how Labour is perceived. Well, and that was his entire because... pe- unity with his entire. I mean, you said yeah, that well, was yes, a... exactly. Yeah, my magic unifying quiff is going to save everyone. Well, unity what, was unity was the pitch. Should, what should really concern Starmer is the fact that there's a there's, there is kind of a contradiction. The PRP like Starmer primarily because he was the Shadow Brexit secretary, right? Like they like him because the PLP, much like the membership as well, was hugely in favour of, um, you know, Remain and the second referendum. The thing is, the elements, like the PLP sacked Jeremy in 2016 before people's vote was really a thing. And there is a sort of contradiction now. I don't think the PLP do share as much of the sort of Corbynistic policy, uh, economic policies as the membership does. So whilst that contradiction might be resolved, that whilst that contradiction might still be resolved between the PLP and the members Brexitly, there is still a contradiction economically. So I absolutely agree. I, I, I think you really I think the personal factor really matters, right? I think the PLP broadly are on board with liking Starmer and like 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 clearly policies matter a lot, but I, I my reading of the PLP is that like personal relationships are really important. And he's starting off in a better position in that way. Um, I, I, I just think there is a large section of the PLP that kind of when people like list Labour MPs and you're like, who are all these people kind of in the middle who I just have never seen before? I think there's a large section of people who are, you know, OK, they're less left wing than Corbyn, but I'm not sure they care that much. And if the leader's saying it, they'll probably kind of go along with it. It's like how the Tories have a big ton, ton, ton of MPs who, you know, they probably didn't get elected to bail out to print a massive pile of money to give out to people but you know Brrr. right quite but you know it's <laughs> like like, like I, I i you do get people who are genuinely like party loyalty is important and i think the the yeah. key thing there is right is that party loyalty and leadership loyalty now feel like unambiguously the same thing whereas under corbyn you, you kind of have this thing and i'm putting aside the question whether or not this is right but you definitely have the thing where people felt well i am loyal to the labor party which means i feel i can be disloyal to the leader of the labor party and 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 that, that and that is just not a, a a really sustainable view currently 
I think I think you're like you're loyal to the abstract idea of the Labour Party. Yeah, you should probably be loyal to the abstract idea of Keir Starmer's quiff. But I also I also think there are two things as well. So like the 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 first is the I agree I agree with what you were saying before. Lines I I think he is seen on a personal level as less antagonistic to the PLP than Jeremy Corbyn ever was. But I also think the flip there's another side to that sort of argument as well, which is. The PLP has basically spent five years in internal opposition going, if we could only win an internal election against Jeremy Corbyn, oh, everything would be sunlit uplands and lovely. And they had their arse handed to them every single time they tried to challenge Corbyn in anything, right? This is the first, like, non-Corbyn win in pretty much any internal election for five years. And I think... You know, you can you can quite reasonably look at the, like, and you know, we we've done we've done the sort of dissection of Corbynism, but I think you can broadly look at the direction the party is going in and has been going in for some time. And I think if you are the PLP, who yes, I accept have not made the best political decisions for the past five years, but I think even even the most rabid wrecker in the PLP, right? is not, I, I don't think, is going to look at Keir Starmer and go, if I oust this man for being too left-wing, this only means good things for my politics. As in, I think it is quite reasonable for Starmer's team to go, mate, we are the best you have. If you get rid of Keir for being too left-wing, your preferred candidate, let's imagine it's someone, you know, on the definitive right call, of the PLP. Call, call, call them st- says, which says Wheating or something, I don't know. Yes, like says, Wheating, like, says Wheating is not going to win the leadership. You're going to end up with, like, someone, like, you know, you are going to end up with with, with, with Rebecca Long Bailey. Like, that is who is going to be leader. That That is what, if, if you fuck around, you are going to find out. And I think that is something And I I think that is combined with the fact that, like Lion said, I just think there is a critical chunk of PLP members who just go, oh, Key is quite nice, and I quite like a bit of party unity. He doesn't seem antagonistic. They can have a bit of party unity as a treat. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> but like, I, I, I just think that there is that critical mass that exists for Kia in a way that never really exists for Corbyn. So I think, in terms of sort of party unity, I think that will be interesting. But I, so I actually think that the biggest, the biggest, you know, the biggest sort of bit of intrigue around sort of splits is what we were saying before, which is I think there's a good portion of the UK left. And you know, and sort of not to sort of plug my own stuff. I think this this is very similar to this kind of distinctions I was making about soft left people in my article, which is like, you know, another way to look at the delineation between soft and hard left is to say, well, what is your attitude to electoral politics as a vehicle for doing doing the things you want? Because I think there are a lot of people on the left who kind of went, okay, I and this is the sort of UK left more broadly rather than the party. I think a lot of people on this sort of broad UK left who went, I will bite my tongue and do electoralism because, like, Corbyn is the best chance we've had for socialism for how many years? Mm-hmm. Where I think those people, people might have go, said that, but I think, I think they still vote for Gordon Brown in 2010. <laughs> like, I think well, that's, that's what I mean. Kind of I, I think personally, yeah, I think most of that is cosplaying, but I think for those of us who are not licking ice creams and saying, listen, Jack, how do I open PDF? Because if there was one thing that unites a social review, it is we are terminally online. Mm. I think we are going to have to spend like two weeks of people going like, oh, I'm never going to campaign for Labour again and having to be like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you should read my piece, which will hopefully be coming out at some point in the social review, where it's only talking about the importance of trying to be constructive 
why I think it's important that even when people are feeling those things like they want to leave for their labour, it's okay if they want to leave, but we should encourage people to try to stay, even if they're more left than we are. But again, we're just coming back to me sitting on my pluralism bandwagon hitting it with a big stick. Maybe um, up by the time that this podcast goes out. Who could say? I mean, I who could, maybe by the time we, we finish recording it. <laughs> <laughs> On the note of the left and the organised left, um, I was thinking earlier, and I saw a tweet which sort of reflected this, that the, the challenge for Momentum and the kind of affiliated F1 groups is going to be to avoid making all the mistakes um, that we've outlined that the PLP and the Labour right have made since 2015. And as you said, Pete, they've basically lost every single chance that they had of displacing Corbyn, royally fucked it up. And if we do get to a point where uh the criti- the criticisms of starmer do primarily come from uh, the left maybe call it the hard left i i'm not totally bothered um if if we see a scenario where they are explicitly organizing against him or briefing against him in a way that um the right were briefing against corbyn uh throughout the last couple of years then um there's going to be a real challenge for them to organize more successfully and i suppose in a way the past couple of years will provide a lesson uh and similarly i also don't think that will happen obviously i think it's a possibility but i don't think it will happen because of what you were saying lines about how this is effectively the first time since tony blair that the labor party have been united uh, i, 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 I want to be really clear i'm not coming out of the massive tony blair stand i mean no 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 i know i know no um, no I, I think i think i think that's clear but i think i think your analysis is correct um and I think we don't get to this point if we didn't have the periods of Gordon Brown and Ed Bellamand and Jeremy Corbyn, if we didn't have the, I mean, more marked disunity of the past few years, but the disunity of, of quite a long period. Um, you don't get to loving unity so much without a long no, period I mean, of disunity, No, I mean, the, the, right? the Tories took a long time in the wilderness. I mean, I mean let's not yeah, forget yeah. they had Ian Duncan Smith, the leader. I mean, they made some terrible Yes, too. yes, exactly. Um, um, uh, you, do, you do need those... Uh, damning electoral and ideological experiences to, to, to kind of shape up what what you should be doing next. And it's similar to what the Conservative Party went through last year when, uh, after the uh, European election results, they came, what, fifth? Um, they finished on less than 10% of the vote and they were the governing party. That is, you know, that's as close to staring death in the face as you could get for the Tory party. And then they quickly sorted themselves out, got, got Boris Johnson as leader. And now we're here. Um, what I was also thinking uh, in response to what you were saying, William, about um, the Brexitiness um, and that being why people in the PLP like Keir Starmer so much. Um, I definitely think that is true. And I also think it's going to be really interesting to see how that manifests politically over the next couple of years, because you know, th- theoretically, we've seen the FPP um, pro-Remain contingent of electoral politics broken by 2019. But I, I'm very sceptical that those things will go away. Um, I think it's very possible that that could manifest in an emphasis on internationalism, um, in uh, under Starmerism, whatever that it might end up being um, during his leadership. Um, a strong emphasis on the need to build international links, uh, bilateral relationships and international, and even more international institutions, um, which will further be rooted in his legalistic lawyer background. Um, I think that if I were to put my, want to put my money on anything that would happen under his political philosophy and his leadership i think that will probably be something that does happen um 
But I also think what is really interesting is that FBPE pro remain hardcore types have always liked Kistama and and you know throughout all the trials and tribulations of the Brexit negotiations and trying to get the withdrawal agreement through Parliament, he was always hailed as one of those. Um, oh, we need a sensible leader like Keir Starmer in. We need a hardcore pro-Remain person. Um, and I think it's fair to say that Keir Starmer was pro-Remain, but but it, it tapped in with that broader problem with that political contingent of people who would apply characteristics to politicians who weren't actually espousing them. I think there were far more pro-Remain politicians than Keir Starmer. And this was the same group of people who'd be like, oh, we need someone to get in and hold a people's vote. Someone like Hillary Benn or Yvette Cooper politicians who never actually believed in a people's vote and i think you can actually see something similar going on with Keir Starmer in that one of the reasons why he's managed to build such a broad coalition of people from uh hardcore corbynites in some cases to to reform blairites or whatever whatever you want to call them is because his politics are a bit vague and because he is one of those people that you can sort of imprint lots of different things onto and i mean i, I made no comments about this i i put Kira as my first preference but I, my concern is it's okay I, that... mean, I think of you <laughs> um my, my, I my don't concern, you've got to my... come to confession first oh dear uh, <laughs> my, my, my concern is that what I and other people uh will be proven wrong about is um that <sighs> my concern is essentially that it will end up in a sort of Tim uh, Theresa May-esque situation where being initially being sort of vague um, and having people allowing allowing people to, to imprint politics upon them um, is seen as a good thing, and then it turns out to be absolutely catastrophic, and maybe it will turn out to be so, a weakness. So, I, I mean, I think there's, there's a good chance that... There, there is a there is a universe in which Keir Starmer is not actually even our leader at the next election. I don't think it's yeah, particularly definitely. likely. But it, it could happen. I don't know when the next election is going to be. It's probably going to be in about four years, but you can leave the leadership but not leave the leadership under a cloud. And I think maybe if it feels like things aren't responding... I mean, I don't know. You, you, you don't want the party to be in the position that it kind of felt like it was under... I mean, in my memory, under the latter and later days of Miliband, and certainly these latter days of Corbyn, where it felt like we'd lost the next election, but we weren't really, we weren't really doing anything about it. You know, in, compared compared to the politics of a country like Australia, when literally as soon as their their parties think their their next prime minister might not win the next election, they're like, right, go out, and they just sort of change prime minister every five days, as far as I can tell. It's baffling uh, um, to me because it's not a real place. The politicians aren't real; they're just <laughs> spiders in people costumes. And if people listened to me in Australia, it would be solved. I. I, the Social Review's official position is not that Australia is full of spider people. <laughs> it is, and if you have any problems with that, please DM Jasper and Lines, not me. <laughs> I mean, if if Keir's, if Keir's clever, he'll do a couple of things that Jeremy never did. Like, he'll make the easiest of the hard decisions, and I think they include prescriptions of certain groups, like I've mentioned earlier. I think he has an opportunity now. He can get the membership on side if he does the really obvious, but again, not taken path that Jeremy should have done, which is he should allow the membership to write radical policies because he's got two covers for that now. He's got, oh, well, I know. I mean, I personally, you know, I've been listening about freedom of movement, but the, you know, the membership says what they say. And if someone's like, well, look, you're a, you know, you're a dangerous sort of radical, you can go, no, I'm not. I'm Keir Starmer. And that sort of image-based refutation of that politics 
is there. It gives him a lot of cover. Um, additionally, um, I think one thing Kier could do to really, one thing Kier could do to really turbocharge his entrance into the role is leapfrog the left, where the left has had a core organizing principle within the Labour Party of democracy. This is going to be more difficult with Labour First on the NEC, which is something we didn't get the opportunity to discuss too much, but hey-ho. Um, Keir could, and I recognise this as me sort of saying, Keir should do the things I want him to do. I was going to say, went... <laughs> it would be good if Keir Starmer was me. It would be Will, good if Keir Starmer read reason. my blog. Um, <laughs> Keir should go for that open primary system. Like, sack off um, open selection. That's a non-starter. Completely sack it off. Because you've got that new unity between the PLP, the members, and the unions, you can leapfrog the right and the left at the same time and just go for open I mean, primaries. I mean, I, I like the idea of open primaries, but literally no one in the Labour Party does, I think, is the issue. Um, no, but that's but, the thing. He's got no, the unity. He, he, he can cover it saying, no, 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 I think you'll find... I, I, I know I you don't like this, but I am Keir Starmer. So. But I'm not sure he could do that. But I think, I, I think something I would like to see that feels a little, a little more reachable is STV for internal elections. Um, so, if, you know, I'm thinking of the NEC election here, right? Which, like, I appreciate we're, we're getting to a sort of Stephen Bush-esque, everyone in the Labour Party holds a position at some point, but the left have just basically lost their any, any chance of getting any NEC seats in these by-elections because their vote split, because slates are bad. Um, or rather, they didn't have coherent slates, and Labour first did. And they got their candidates on. Well, look, I I really think we you know I think that's an achievable thing and I think it would be pretty good and I think it's something that would be just it, it's actually a reasonably small thing it's not going to be a big ticket item but I think it could really improve the party over time um, and actually it then makes it easier to build up support for things like um, open primaries and stuff um, uh, something something about the way slates work I think means that. You, you get big swings in, as far as I can tell, like the kind of the constitutional opinions of the party, because you know one slate gets on, one slate gets on. And so, you know, I, I kind of expect the next NEC elections might well be steamrolled by Labour first, because uh, they'll just do what they did in this election. I mean, I, I might be wrong, but we'll see. So I don't, I don't really have a stance on open primaries in the party, mainly because I haven't just, I just don't, haven't really thought about it, so don't have an opinion. Um, but I will say this: I think I think the the thing that, I, that I'm taking from what you said, Will, which is he can get away with it because he can just say I'm Kia Starmer. Is for all my critiques of sort of the vagueness of Starmer's politics, I think the one thing that he might be able to do, and I'm kind of hoping he can, is basically do what David Cameron did in his time in power, which was do incredibly radical stuff, but just go no 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 no, this is needed. I'm a sensible man in a suit. This needs to happen. Well, There's no alternative to yeah, my really exactly. radical policies. I mean, I mean, I mean I think in many Stalin ways, the... is that not the attitude that's summarised in the Brut meme? Yes. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, essentially, that that particular dialogue that's described there is is it and it it's. Um... No, you can't do this for one, like well, my specific has, wonky has, reasons. Has, 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 has anyone made the one which is like Ted Heath on one side going, no, you can't just transform the, the One Nation Tory party into a party of like, you know, um, radical neoliberalism and then like Thatcher going like, I, I don't know if I can, what would go bro for Thatcherism? Lack social fabric. Right, social fabric. But yeah, so I, 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 think, I think Starmer can do that, which I think is something that 
like has the potential to be really fucking interesting in british politics mm-hmm. which is for the first time labor has someone that can go no 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 no, you don't get it i'm actually a very sensible centrist like oh look you'd love to invite me around for tea and crumpets and have me talk about like how much i love the european union like I, maybe i'm maybe i'm naive maybe he's gonna get monstered just as much as any labor leader does in the press and well, i, st- you, you I think, think he will you, to an extent you, you think sir Keir might uh, get some criticism for the things that sir Keir uh, millionaire, uh, millionaire QC circuit. Yeah. So look, I, I think he's going to get monstered, but I just think, in terms of sort of optics, I think that opportunity is there now. Whether it is f- as there as much as I'd like it to be, I don't know. But I think it's definitely there. And I, I think the final sort of concluding thing that we can say, and I think everyone in the social review will agree on, and this is quite a sort of deep thought that I don't think anyone's mentioned before. But it's the Kia Starmer's a land of contrasts. <laughs> Should have seen yeah, it come. And on, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> <laughs> And our 40th episode of the podcast draws to a close. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, The articles which both Peter and Lines referenced are both live on the Social Review website, so do go give those a read. They're very much worth it. As I mentioned at the end of the previous podcast as well, we're going to be getting another episode up in the next couple of days, uh, specifically focusing on anti-Semitism within the Labour Party and what Keir Starmer should be doing to tackle it. So keep your eye out for that one as well. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening. Stay safe, keep well, have a good day, bye-bye. So, like, that's how the scam of Australia works. It's just spiders in skin suits attracting new skin suits, and it grows exponentially. Figured I should be recording that. So, I drifted away for a second, and I... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm in the pocket of big take. I can't help myself. Uh, I don't really understand where we currently are because it's <laughs> nonsense. Have we? Have we got everyone? Can we start? Can we just? Shut yes, the team down? We, we we have we have okay, got everyone. Good. Don't worry. We were just doing cool. our big takes. Um, <laughs> we're like children. We're like enormous, <laughs> enormous children.